Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. Fur. Sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your What's up, everybody? Josh from the Clearing Waivers Podcast coming at you for another episode of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. We had a great uh, long holiday, Memorial Day weekend. Um, I hope the guys did did as well. We got Brian, we got Kitty here joining me tonight. We've got a lot of Royals talking to do, uh, a lot of roster moves over the last two two weeks or so that uh, we wanted to get into, kind of break down a little bit, see what uh, what the effect of them could potentially be, and then what we're kind of thinking about them uh, a little bit, you know, longer over the next couple of weeks, depending on how these injuries go. So we're gonna cut, we're gonna talk a little bit about those uh, Royals roster moves. Uh, that's basically what we're going to do, except we are going to do a little Ball Street. We have, haven't come back to the player edition of Ball Street in a couple of weeks. So we're going to break down, buy, sell, and trade some player stock um, to go with Ball Street tonight and then get into some fun shenanigans. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the uh, clearing the waivers. We're clearing the waivers. Royals doing a lot better hovering around 500 uh as we speak i believe they are 500 correct on june 1st just like a couple of us told you they I would mean, be we we kind of right. bought stock in that and uh, <laughs> now we're reaping the benefits of such a hot hot take that's right um currently five to th- or i'm sorry four to three ball game against the pirates with runners on first and third in the in the fifth inning so i'm not going to say anything other than you know the, the pure facts of the situation uh in hopes that we don't jinx anybody but uh I have a feeling we're going to do some drinks in the night if, uh, if I have, uh, have to put some money on it tonight. But we're going to get into some roster moves. Like I said, the roster move rundown, if you will. We're going to talk about some of the effect of the move. Uh, some of them may have been uh, recent re- returns, followed by recent uh, flare-ups of new injuries. We'll have to see what we're talking about there, as well as just some, uh, just some fun young players that uh, got some call and got some action on the big league stage. So uh, let's start off with the Mondesi. Adalberto Mondesi returned and then potentially became re-injured. Uh, it sounds like the uh, hamstring strain is not as bad as they kind of thought it might be. Uh, taking it day by day he's sitting out tonight but uh, we'll kind of see how uh, how the week kind of shapes up uh, from there but we also got Hunter Dozier back Um, so the two big profound bats in this lineup uh, needed a lot of help Kitty what's your read on the uh, the return of of Mondesi and Hunter Dozier yeah really nice to have getting so much closer to that opening day lineup we expected to see coming out of spring training before Mondesi got hurt right at the end there 
And Mondesi came out. He came out guns blazing at the plate. I mean, he's just been anything he gets, he makes contact with. He's hitting it hard right now. So it's always good to see. Got 26 ABs through last night's game. He's got three doubles, two home runs, hitting a solid slash of 360, 367, 20, which means there's one tiny red flag in that uh, slash line. That's one always been a red flag. Tiny with him, red flag with him. Right. Yeah. So the good is the home runs and doubles, the power he's showing. The bad is 10 strikeouts and no walks and 26 at bats. That is way too high for one and way too low on the other. So. Mm-hmm. A little bit of work still need to be done with him at the plate. So a couple defensive lapses as yep. well as come up with one was obviously on the, uh, when the infield was in and hard hit ball to him and he double clutched on the throw and then bounced it at home. So still a little rust to knock off. Probably maybe some of that is there with the defensive lapses, whereas the plate probably a little easier to get picked up quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hope, I mean, before the year started, I was, little more down on Mondesi than I think most of the fan base. I was basically it's only it's only been prior to the year. It hasn't been the last two years. (laughs) Maybe it's been a little longer, but I was just trying to (laughs) I don't want to bring up old shit. Let's just stay with this year. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) And I'm basically I think a 750 OPS is fine for him. It's not what kind of the ticket the Royals franchise was promised with the draft pick or when they picked him up and he was the savior on offense, and he's just never completely put it together for a full year. Where his best career OPS is 804. So if he can sniff that this year, that'll be a huge improvement for him, for which will now be basically four months of a season, get that 120 games in, and hopefully turn it around a little bit with, at the plate. So as, a, as an Alberto Mondesi hater, would you take 804 <laughs> from him right now? For the for this full season for the rest of the year for the rest of this year yes I'll take eight oh four I don't I would bet the under sure but I'd be I mean everyone everyone I think he's he's still living on the expectations that he had camp coming up it's been excuses on he's been hurt one year is gets really hot he gets really cold he needs even his whole even his bat out and it'll be great so he's Mm -hmm. still I mean fans. He's still, I think, a lot of people's favorite player still, and he's really never done a whole lot to earn that earn that title in the fan base. But still time. He's still super young. So I'm hoping, hopeful, but I'm not too optimistic on his, what he does for the rest of the season. Hoping it's in that 800 range in the OPS, which would be a huge boon to the offense because you're replacing someone that's around 600 OPS with someone at 800. Yep. Going from Nikki to Mondesi. So that's a huge boost for the offense. Plus, he's already got a stolen base as well. I, don't, I can't remember if you mentioned that or not, but yeah, no, I did only, not. only what six games back is that six or seven games he's been back, mm-hmm. right? Um, already a stolen base, so hitting eight eight hundred OPS with a with what forty bags, uh, right? Yeah, I think that's is perfectly his, acceptable at this point. That's definitely a hidden element to his his yeah. batting. Because when you just look at the straight numbers or the slash line, you don't get those stolen bases in there. That's a big weapon especially for someone like him who does do a really good job of stealing at a high clip that's actually yep. valu- actually valuable to your team to steal those bases. You talk about clips and, and jumping in. I got a couple numbers here for you. With right. him in the lineup, they're averaging 4.4 runs a game. Without him, 4.2. Oh, baby. <laughs> Watch out. He's, they're 4-3 and three since he's been back. 
prior to that, 22 and 23. Above what a catalyst. Huge, huge. I mean, <laughs> it's a 570 win percentage with him in the lineup. It's huge. That's what you want. <laughs> well, something I saw that was kind of crazy that in seven games, Montessi is already tied fifth most war among position players. <laughs> he is tied with Nicky Lopez oh, at 0. 0.4 war and ahead of Andrew Benintendi in war in ahead seven games. Benintendi. That should not be possible. That's outrageous. Seven games. Benintendi hits a grand slam. <laughs> that should be worth 1.0 war. 1.0. It <laughs> might help just, him. He just I'll, have, I'll have to check how that the equation is done, but I'm going to. In my book, that's one war. Just one like war. Michael A. Taylor had <laughs> at least 2.0 defensive runs saved on opening day. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Him too. Yeah. Point. Even I though like I think it. HUD was saying the night he's at five on the year that puts him like third in, in center fielders. Yeah, um, sounds right. He, to, in my book, he had at least two opening day. Yeah. And I don't think he yeah. qualified like that. Right. No, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> but the, the, probably- the crappy thing about modesty is – not only have these injuries he's had, like oblique and hamstring are both yeah. injuries that can just linger the entire season. And they yep. want, they're going to want to baby him with this, just like they babied him with the oblique. Because if you rush it at all, it will bite you and you'll be shut down for another two months. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's so yeah. frustrating, even with the, the, the nice reports they got today. A stupid hamstring can pop up at any point again. He could be feeling fine for the next three days, and they put him out there, and he could be done for eight weeks. It's, right. It just sucks that the, it's always these soft tissue type things, these crappy muscle type things that uh, they just keep him out way too long. There's no set table on here's what here's how long you should wait, ramp it up this many days, and you're back in there. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully it is really is this minor minor thing, and they got a day off tomorrow. I mean, best case scenario is back out there the next day, but. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not expecting it. He's uh, he's right, the yeah. new Arian Foster. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Shout out Just, to all the Arian Foster fans. <laughs> a lot of crossover Royals fans. Yeah, yeah, Foster yeah. fans. That's right. Definitely. 100%. Oh yeah. Well, the uh, the other issue that we kind of saw was uh, Hunter Dozier not off to the greatest start this year. Um, finally mm-hmm. came back to this lineup. Kitty, where's your what's your outlook on Hunter Dozier? Yeah, I'm getting lower and lower every day with hunter dozier it's <laughs> not good i'm i'm on the real I'm a real, real jerk fan tonight on this on the podcast but sure. i mean i couldn't believe i was watching the espn's feed last night and i could not believe when they said he only has or he has zero hits to right field the whole season that was and he's only I looked and up today one hit is center field and on the second base side of second rather than the shortstop mm-hmm. side so he's I mean, he's just gone pull crazy this whole year. Nothing going to right field. It's, I mean, I feel like that's just a recipe to for a bunch of easy outs with a guy like that who yeah. just wants to pull everything. They just start throwing a bunch of off-speed pitch on the outside half of the plate, and he's just going to start rolling everything over, Roll over. Yep. If, unless they hang a slider to him. So, yeah, what was it? And then hard hit percentage has been down quite a bit from – is high in 2019 of 45% to now it's down at 33% this year. Hmm. So there's just, I'm worried about this contract they gave him about how, what it's going to, what it could do potentially to the, it's not a huge deal, but it feels like a, a deal where a team like the Royals are just going to plug him out there every day and let him play through yep. his struggles rather than 
sorry, you're you're not playing well. You're you're not gonna you don't play now. Whereas there's not just there's not always the great option on a team that usually is pretty somewhat thrifty with their payroll. Yeah, and I mean Kelvin Gutierrez has been okay. Uh, I'm still not a big fan of his. He does play better defensively at third base than Hunter Dozier does. I think that's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're long-term thinking Hunter Dozier is your right fielder, potentially, we'll see how that goes, um, depending on what to do with Bobby Wood Jr. and Mondesi for that matter. But um, I still wouldn't call Kelvin a Gutierrez option like full-time. I'm fine with him kind of subbing in. But I'm not expecting much from him. I, I still want Dozier to get plenty of reps to make sure I try to grind this out. To, they, they extended him. That money is spent. They got mm-hmm. to try to try to wring it out. You don't want to – I keep coming back to Gregory Polanco and his contract that the Pirates gave him thinking that they were going to get a superstar for the cheap. And we talked a lot yeah. about the uh, Bobby Wood extension last week. I, I, I just don't want that to happen with Hunter Dozier. I, I, I'm a big – Hunter Dozier fan Brian you are too as well mm-hmm. so it, it we all just rooting for him as well to kind of figure this out but he's he's still striking out 31.3 percent of the time in his last four games uh still swinging at too many pitches outside the zone he's not making uh he's making a little a bit less contact than he than he has his whole career so kind of seems like that time off was come back more more of the same seemingly mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's definitely it looks more and more if you if he keeps this up that Bobby Witt Jr. will be the third baseman sooner rather than later it's like I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Gutierrez I think he's a fine piece to have on your team but he's not an everyday starter yep yeah and I don't think they're going to let Hunter Dozier block Bobby Witt Jr. whenever he's ready I think right whenever he's ready they make a hole for him and they move people around it, it does make you question Hunter Dozier's long-term position because if if Bobby Witt does slide into that third base spot and you keep Mondi at short for a while, Isabel's also another option that they're excited about in one of the corner fields. Benintendi's going to be here a couple more years. Uh, They love Hunter Dozier's defense at first base, but you're probably looking at how Nick Prado also being ready at the same time, and they love, love, love his defense at first base. So you do wonder what that's going to look like here in a couple of years, but in, in, the, the the right now yeah i i still don't hate watching his at bats like there's certain guys that i hate yeah. watching their at bats because they just look lost as hell up there swinging they're over swinging at everything and i mean he hits the ball hard and i know everyone's tired of hearing about our hard hits <laughs> that don't turn into shit but uh i i gotta think at some point his luck's gonna turn around here a little bit he, he's just hitting the ball too hard he's got too good uh eye discipline of the plate coverage yeah. as far as what the strike zone is um, I think he will turn it around, but you, it does, I mean, bring into question how long this continues, what kind of conversations are going on behind the doors of what, what are we looking at here? Uh, plan wise, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I, I'm like you, I, I don't feel great about him playing third base. I I'm fine with him playing right field. I think he's perfectly acceptable out there, yeah. but like you said, they've got other options. They really like a lot in the corner outfield for once <laughs> yeah. during the world series run. We were, we couldn't find a right fielder to save our lives. <laughs> yep. But now we have um, too many options. I will say <laughs> that. Okay. Defense is not ideal and especially no. not for Dayton more. And, and uh, so I, I kind of wonder that if he, if it comes down to it, I, I kind of wonder, yeah, long-term what's, what's his role here. So especially when the, the the guy everyone's excited about in the minor leagues that can play third base at a gold love level potentially i mean 
Third yeah. base is looking no longer occupied. I mean, it looks kind of right. like it's locked up if we're going to talk about the next couple of years. But that's also you have to factor in what what's Mondesi's future look like. Does Bobby, you know, s- slide over to short when he's more natural? Um, so I mean, there's options, and that's those are conversations we had down the road. But 100%. the longer he struggles, the longer he struggles, the more you you bring into question: Is this the real Hunter Dozier, or yeah. is what we saw in 2019 the real somewhere the in between? Real probably Hunter Dozier, please stand up, and hopefully yeah. that's a. 200 275 average with some power yeah that would be nice yeah i would accept <laughs> another 800 ops from him as well <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. let's move on to another guy that's been over a bit but also uh generates a ton of power uh jorge soler injured they did say he was available uh tonight with a groin strain um we all wonder if that's a real injury I think, at this point. Um, he, he certainly looked like he needed a, a day off. And after a few days, they kind of called uh, Edward Olivares. The savior has come. <laughs> People were trying to, trying to make him the new superstar that's going to save this franchise and save this outfield. Uh, absolutely hot in AAA. So uh, it could be. But uh, we'll, we'll, I think the jury's still out, at least in my brain. Brian, between these two moves, where, what's your read on it? What's the uh, what's the impact here? Well, like you you kind of alluded to there, it was almost like a convenient injury. I, I don't think they made it up, but it did come at a, at a nice time where they can conveniently sit him down on the bench without technically benching him, mm-hmm. even if it's a, you know, a tw- tweak or whatever they want to call it. Um, it's nice that he can maybe sit down and reset a little bit on the year and, and just not keep going up there and forcing stuff and trying to make changes on the fly. And because he is one of those guys that I was talking about Hunter Dozier, I don't mind watching his at bats. There are solar at bats that drive me insane. <laughs> when he when he's bad, he's he's horrible and he can't yeah. lay off a slider. And and yep. when he when he's hot, he, you know, he can't get him out sometimes. So it, it can always turn around. But you, you talked about before, I think. Um, on the podcast, not this week, but about people forcing their way onto this roster. I think that was Daniel Lynch. You, you described as forcing his way on this roster. That doesn't sound like something I would say. <laughs> well, as you said, <laughs> Edward Olivares, I mean, kind of forced his way on here with his hot start 20 games in he's batting 395 with an 11, 27 OPS five home runs, um, which is the complete opposite of what we've been seeing from some solar. Mm. And, uh, I, I when when Solaire got pulled from the middle of the game, yeah, I thought you know, well, with Dozier and Bonnesy coming back, we're gonna kind of go back to that uh, spring training approach of what we looked for opening day, where you know Witt will go back out to right field, Nicky will slide to second, Dozier to third, kind of what they had planned from the beginning uh, going into the season. But to my surprise, they said let's go, let's give this Oliveras kid a shot because mm-hmm. they looked out there, they they're seeing these guys struggle at the plate every day. And Nikki, you know, he's been a fine nine hitter. We've talked about that, you know, ad nauseum. Right. He's fine for a nine hitter, but you kind of want that extra bat in there. And he provides a, an uptick in defense because we'd also talked about not being, <laughs> you know, being okay with uh, Mike Matheny's move so far this year. But one that's kind of frustrated me with, with, with Jorge Soler being so bad on offense he's kind of doubled down and said, well, let's let him be horrible on defense too in right field <laughs> instead of keeping him at DH, even with injuries and everything. 
and not killing our outfield defense. So Olivares will not kill your outside outfield defense. He's no great defender by any means, but mm-hmm. he's way better than Hoya Soler or even Hunter Dozier for that matter. With Merrifield, he's probably probably on par with him, I would guess, in, in right field. But, you know, he moves so much better, so much better range. And we saw a few times in the past couple of weeks, Soler trying to make throws from right field, and you see this big, strong son of a bitch, and you're like, he's going <laughs> to unload gonna- a – cannon here and then you just see a three three hopper to the home yeah. plate uh-huh. it's like god dang like did you offer anything defensively for us and it's it's not his fault he, he's supposed to be dh only on this team mm-hmm. but we've had to kind of force force him out there in right field and that's just not helping anyone so if he's gonna kill you let him kill you in one facet of the game and not two please so that's my do, that's my thing i do wonder how much of that is like uh, with him it's it's contract year for him so i wonder if he is requesting or his agents requesting to get more time out in the outfield in order to establish more value for himself but i think it's, you can ask I'm, for whatever you want but. correct and i think uh, Matheny, I, I feel like managers are most they're juggling personalities and stuff so that's got to mm-hmm. be taken into account if that's what's happening i obviously well, don't know if i mean if happening. it's happening he's actually depressing his value by correct i'm out in right field which is actually is. That might be maybe that's Dayton Moore's 3D chess on so Lair's game of checkers, <laughs> where oh you want to go play right field to increase your value or you just look horrible out there now you're worth three million dollars a year on yep. the free agent market instead of what you think you are. Look out for a four year deal with a mutual <laughs> option. <laughs> look out for the Dayton Moore special. I'm, God, if he keeps this up, I can't imagine anyone gives Solaire more than a year. So you mentioned Olivares is a. a improvement in the outfield last year in right field specifically a negative two defensive runs saved and it was a negative score in right field so far he already has one defensive run saved in right field in 18 innings so he could be standing in the right direction but it's wild and i completely agree with what you said it is an improvement (laughs) and i mean plenty of people on social media have pointed out that couldn't be worse at the plate than jorge Soler. yeah if he is absolutely uh, just a scotch uh, bringing something to the table, it's already a loss, not getting any improvement, any kind of uh, productivity from Jorge Soler. It's already a detriment to the offense. So if they get anything positive from Edward Olivares with his time here, I think it's a win at this and point. And I'm curious to see, because he talked a lot about working with Rusty Koontz in the, in the offseason. Uh, you kind of wonder if there is going to be a Rusty Koontz difference or a Rusty Koontz factor when you, if we see maybe the defensive run save kind of take an uptick another year, he's more comfortable in, in playing in Coffin Stadium. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see because he, he can, the guy can run, he can hit, and if he can pull it all together, he's like 25 or 26 year old still. So there's plenty there. And we, remember, we traded him for like two months of Trevor Rosenthal. Right. So, I mean, you got to love the upside there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't love it that he's blocking Kyle Isbell now because I'm a big Kyle Isbell. <laughs> but if Isbell okay. forces his way on this roster, they love Isbell. So he'll he'll definitely get his crack if if he starts raking like Olivares was. Yeah. He he was hitting pretty well. He was. Yeah. He's coming well around. Weeks, yeah. Um, to move on to the next one here, uh, Josh Stamont out indefinitely with some kind of knee sprain, uh, left knee sprain. Um, I think that diagnosis was something that a lot of us weren't necessarily expecting considering his drop in velo i think everybody kind of expected it was some kind of arm thing and uh nobody likes to say the dirty word of tj 
um, <laughs> in there, but I think that's kind of what everybody was expecting in this situation. So it's kind of a relief that it's that it's a left knee thing, but the fact you still had indefinitely on there, and nobody loves that. So, uh, Kitty, what's your read on this Josh Thomas situation? Yeah, it's definitely a disappointment not having him out there, and just helps solidify the bullpen even more. And because he was like you, as you requested, maybe a two to three weeks into the season, must try him at closer, and they they sure did, and he got it done. I mean, Josh out here. Doesn't sound Making like moves. Doesn't sound say. like you would say again, man. I don't know hearing things. Don't know where this is coming from, guys. <laughs> Keep hearing things every week over here. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> but it was, it was nice. To, it kind of felt a bit of a throwback to those 2014, 2015 Royals teams where you knew you felt a little much better about the closer. It's been I feel like it's been a while since basically since that 2015 season where you felt good about the ninth inning when the Royals had a lead, mm-hmm. and then. The other thing you worry about is when you lose a closer, who's going to step up? Mm-hmm. Who's ready to go? And lo and behold, we've got some guys that are stepping up recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barlow, of course, but I feel like he is definitely the fireman of the bullpen, and he comes in between the fifth and the eighth whenever he's needed most. <laughs> yeah. Whenever the Royals are struggling <laughs> to finish out an inning, Barlow's coming in to give you finished off an inning and then go, go to the next inning. So he's definitely in his role. Mm-hmm. But then you had – Zimmer stepped up and he's picked up a save yeah. and done his done his job last couple of weeks. And then old Brents also stepped up. Yeah. And those three guys, Barlow, Zimmer, Brents, 0.00 ERA the last two weeks. That's <laughs> nice bullpen work. I like yep. seeing that. So then with those three pitching like that, you've got some really good options in the bullpen. Then you mm-hmm. fill out the rest. You've got Zuber, Holland, right now, Wade Davis and Santana out there as well mainly your bullpen options santana more of that I feel like more of a swing guy but i feel like if they have to use them because those usage patterns they'll put them out there for an inning or two yeah but so that just having three to four maybe five guys if one of the other ones is having a nice little stretch you feel really good about most games even if you're down a little bit going into the fifth or sixth inning you feel like you have a good chance with that bullpen can shut the other team down so it's disappointing that Stalmont is hurt and out but if this team's kind of come together a little bit better in that bullpen right now so yep. don't feel as bad so he's got the time to get healthy and come back and just make that bullpen look that much better yeah and I didn't put it on the on the the rundown here so I'm glad you mentioned it but Kyle Zimmer's return was also very well timed all things considered um, yeah he was it was going to be real shallow even before he was out and if they lost Stalmont it was going to be even more so. So it's good and very timely that Kyle Zimmer did come back. Uh, kind of speaking on that, they're going to need Josh Stalmont back very soon. Uh, <laughs> on Wednesday, they have a day off, and then they don't have another day off till June 17th. And wow, even beyond that, they have two days off after Wednesday until the All-Star break. So wow. it's going to be a one hellacious run. It's going to start uh, heating up. Uh, around here <laughs> yep. so they're, they're gonna start needing some more arms in that bullpen and uh the more josh stalmont is is resting and, and not able to pitch uh the more run down and the more weary they're gonna get so uh, they're gonna need to get stalmont back as as quickly as we can here um, I, I wonder too if with stalmont being you know indefinite with his knee sprain if they, if they feel a little more pressure to act sooner on maybe going out and trying to trade for a legit bullpen piece because you look down at who the guys have been kind of bringing up 
between the minors and stuff like Newberry doesn't really move the needle a whole lot. You wonder they, you know, Matheny's quote about, you know, everything we've asked Irvin Santana to do, he's answered the bell. I wonder if we see him maybe start being used in more of a high leverage situation and not long reliever. Cause maybe we put Carlos Hernandez in that long re- reliever role yeah. since he's, he's pitching starting starting innings in the, in the minor leagues that I, I just wonder, and it may be, uh, you know, indefinite could mean Stalmont gets activated for the next series. We have no idea what this right. knee sprain is or what he's doing. They they haven't really shared us a whole lot of information. So if if it is something that's going to be a while, you wonder, because he is such a relied on piece at the end of the bullpen, and we've had a shaky we, – we've talked about the trust tree. It's not real popular at the top at the trust tree right now <laughs> uh-huh. in the Royals' bullpen. So they've been good here the last couple of weeks, like Kitty said, but you, you wonder – because there are teams like I think the Rays have already made a couple of moves for bullpen guys. Yeah, I, I think Hunter Strickland got moved. Um, there are teams trading relievers already and not just waiting till the till the deadline. So I wonder if they will feel a little more pressure. They've you know scratched and clawed back to 500, being competitive once again. Back on June first, they they admitted that they were secretly targeting to be 500 when they got Montesi back. They've mm-hmm. done that. So mm-hmm. you kind of wonder if they if they try to take the next level with this team as far as like trying to compete and make a move whether that's adding one of those stud young arms to the bullpen potentially or they go out and they try to, to make a trade to get a, a proven veteran uh, reliever to add that's not Wade Davis and <laughs> <laughs> eh, that's just a placeholder anyways um, but at this point yeah I don't I don't I hope they're not really relying too much on Wade Davis and what he's going to bring to the table for sure but um, you mentioned Carlos Hernandez in here, and that's actually the next point here. So great transition. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, still no Danny Duffy. We got an uh, update on him uh, before the game tonight saying that he's going to start a 90-foot throwing program. Uh, probably not going to make it back for any series next week, but after that, it's not out of the cards yet. Still got to probably do some kind of rehab assignment in Omaha, but we'll have to see how it goes. Some of these old veterans can probably stump, just step right back in there, but um, was <clears throat> dealing with a flexor strain when they described it as a relatively minor injury. Um, and I think, yeah, prior to the game, it was that was the news that they kind of updated. Lynn Worthy said that he was, as of Thursday, he was still resting. So it's good to hear that he's made some pretty good progression since then. Um, but it still sounds like going to be a couple weeks, which kind of brings us to the uh, Carlos Hernandez getting recalled. Um, it's kind of tough. He, in the past, as a prospect, he has been rated as having some of the best stuff in the organization. Prior to that 2018 draft where they just loaded up on massive studs, it seemed like Carlos Hernandez had potentially front of the, rota- front of the rotation stuff. Uh, it was always about harnessing it, controlling it, being able to command it. And uh, he is apparently still struggling with that because he did come in uh, on Saturday, relieved Irvin Santana and his start. Uh, came in with one on in the fourth and had trouble locating, gave up two earned immediately. And then I thought he settled in pretty nicely. Uh, there was a lot of critics on social media, if you will, that thought he was nothing. But I think that 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 appearance was actually fairly encouraging. I think that he had pretty electric stuff. He's got a good fastball that hits up to 100 miles an hour, uh, kind of pr- pretty well-rounded curveball uh, that kind of acts like a little slurve a little bit more. Uh, the most pitches and then he's got a decent you know change he's got a sinker that he's been relying on a little bit more this year um, so uh, not great 
but he did settle in, which is encouraging. Like I said, uh, the biggest thing is it allowed that bullpen to rest uh, between the days off that they've had here lately and uh, being able to only go through three pitchers when it's a quote unquote bullpen game is, is a big deal. Whether it's a win or a loss, I, I still think it's somewhat of a moral victory, a little silver lining, if you will, that the bullpen did get a chance to uh, to rest up there. So I think that was his biggest contribution. Was immediately sent back down the next day. Uh, so we'll probably see him again at some point. I think long term. I mean, he's 24 years old. Uh, still got quite a bit of development to kind of come along with, and that's really going to be the factor uh, as to what his role is moving forward. But I think at the very least, we got a solid reliever. Uh, in the bullpen through through with Carlos Hernandez. And if he develops correctly, he could be a starter. He could be thrown into this. Uh, shoot for the moon, you land among the stars. Maybe he turns into the oh shit guy out of the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm very interested <laughs> in that role for him. If that but it's always, you know, not nothing, 100 mile an hour fastball that also has a ton of sink on it uh, with, you know, okay, massive, uh, massive, okay, <laughs> secondary pitches to go with them. So, uh, I mean, long-term, I, th- I think we get at least a solid bullpen arm. I'm excited to see him at the major league level and to see major league hitters, but hopefully we get to see him again soon on that front for sure. Yeah. And I think you'd mentioned too, that uh, you're, you're curious to see how the rest of this year looks for Danny Duffy, because mm-hmm. I mean, there's a non-zero chance that when they bring him back, maybe they pitch him out of the bullpen and they say, Lynch, you're up again. We're going to give you another shot. I mean, we can't, we could see that as soon as, you, like you said, this weekend when they need a, another starter, whether it's Kowar being out of the 40-man or Lynch gets another shot. Um, and I'll just say it's been it's been nice to see Lynch since he, he got sent back down to Omaha. It would be, you know, kind of expected almost for him after he got beat up in the majors in, in his debut to go down there and just kind of be pouty and, and not putting up good performances, at, at least to the start, kind of get back into that a little bit. But he just hit the ground running back at Omaha and, been putting start after start quality starts after quality starts so i think he's a he's a guy we might see making that next move and getting that spot the, the next time through because there he's already on the 40 man yeah there is a open 40 man or a open spot on friday like you said yep. is the is the day right now um he pitched on sunday he pitched five innings so the the rest is there it's right right on mm-hmm. schedule for him to potentially get that call up um yeah, 1.20 whip, 2.70 ERA, 20 strikeouts and six walks in three starts since he's been down to AAA. So, yeah, he didn't – you'd kind of expect him to take his lumps a little bit. But, um, yeah, he's, he's settled in nicely, and hopefully he's fixed what he needed to, to uh, the tipping or the mechanics, whatever it was. It seemed like he's at least somewhat figured it out on a AAA level. So, and yeah, it's, 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 it's got to get to that point sometime soon where it's like, what more can he prove or improve yeah. at Omaha? Like, Yep. facing this level of competition can he get better just keep starting him against these bums down here yep. maybe he maybe he's got to alert take his lumps in the major leagues and it's all about winning games in the major leagues that's their priority i know but it's also one of your future franchise type pitchers that maybe you you're, you can live with him taking a couple of lumps if if, if it's gonna pay off down long term payoff Let's type start thing. cutting those teeth baby yeah <laughs> oh yeah cut yep. those teeth the other the other issue with that like it could be a Ronald Bolaños call up is he's already on the 40 man, but he goes tomorrow on Wednesday and uh, he would not be available to pitch on Friday. You wouldn't think. So I think that kind of rules him out leaving really just a bullpen game potentially on Friday or, or everybody, everybody wanted to see it last week, but maybe Jackson Coar call up. 
yeah. let, uh, let's see how that all kind of goes out. They're going to have to make a 40 man roster move uh, to, to incorporate that and to, to bring Kowar up. Uh, so I think, you know, Dayton more loves his inventory and, and that's kind of what's the obstacle at the big point. And maybe Kowar is just not, you know, hasn't shown quite enough to get that call yet, but uh, we'll kind of see how Friday shapes up. That's the, that's the next big milestone. And especially if they don't expect Danny Duffy to be ready until, you know, a couple weeks from now, then uh, with that schedule kind of being day to day, day to day to day, um, we could definitely see another, we, we're going to need to see a five man rotation. We can't just keep seeing Urban Santana, Jake Junis, uh, uh, and then maybe a potential, you know, AAA pitcher kind of coming up and making a spot start in, in a bullpen game. So we need that five man rotation back. Um, and uh, hopefully we get to see Daniel Lynch here coming up. Yep. Let's get into the uh, the next round here. Still in the clearing waivers, but last time we did Ball Street, I could not find the theme song, but we did <laughs> did locate it. Shout out to Adam Summer once again for making another great theme song. Here we go for Ball Street. Ball Street. <laughs> A little bit different than what uh, what the usual Adam Summer special is, but uh, uh, appreciate his work and, and hitting us up with a good theme song. Go check out the Heartland Pod uh, that he hosts there. If you're into politics, go check him out uh, and the good work that they're doing over there. Ball Street, we've got four players here that we are going to buy, sell, or hold our theoretical stock in, if you will. Um, and then uh, kind of go from there. You, sometimes it's a take, sometimes it's a player. Well, this week it's a player. So first player, talked about already, Jorge Soler. Brian, where are you at on Jorge Soler? Are you Brian holding or trading? I think this is your classic no-brainer hold mm-hmm. because his value's never been lower. I don't think this is really the player that he is. He can't be this bad. I, I just can't believe it. He's this bad for an entire year. So it's going to turn around. We've seen it happen before. When he gets hot, he can win games for you for a month straight. So you got to hold him, just like I think the Royals have to hold him. Maybe they could take this convenient injury and something sparks after after he comes back from it and he gets hot and his his numbers, you know, find their level once again and go back to where you'd expect him closer to be at least. And uh, so I'm holding. I think you may have to hold on to him for the rest of the year and just watch him walk away, but – if that's the case, then I I think that's what you have to do because there's you're not going to get anything back if you try to trade them deadline. Right. I don't think. Yep, Kitty. Yeah, as the Royals franchise, you got to hold. This is this is great. Hopefully, it's just a small two week two month slump. But <laughs> it's a long slump. slump. Yeah, it's a long slump. <laughs> hey, it's fifty games. Uh-huh. That's all. And but if you're the other, I mean, I feel like there should be some teams that are calling up Dayton more trying to buy him see what they can see if there's any interest at all because as we've talked about there's potential down on the farm with actually outfielders mm-hmm. and Salvi can man DH more often than not if you need him to so there's yep. definitely possibilities of trying to I mean I don't think Dayton Moore is going to sell him for a bag of rocks or anything but I'm sure some teams might be kicking the tires on Solaire for a half year half year purchase see what the Royals are willing to go with there legitimately going to be cash considerations yeah here's two million dollars yeah that's it if that you get get half of his uh his salary for the rest of the year that's about it yeah um you both are holding shout out to therese paler uh rest of peace to therese but his famous saying contract year is undefeated and there's a reason why that's why that's said 
<laughs> because it's undefeated. Right now it looks pretty defeated on Solaire's part, but I got to think <laughs> that he's not this bad. Um, so I think he does. They do need to hold him. Personally, I'm going to be buying Jorge Soler stock cautiously. I'm not going to go without of my means. I'm not going to sell the farm, but I am going to buy as much stock as I can get in Jorge Soler in the hopes that he does. I think when he does come back, we mentioned earlier, he needs to be at DH solely. And not only is his defense terrible, but when he is at DH, his career OPS is 897 compared to when he does play right field, it's a 720. So I think just from that split in and of itself, I think he does belong with the plate. Value be damned. You are a designated hitter, Jorge Soler. Just embrace it. Just go Nelson Cruz on him. If you're Nelson (laughs) Cruz, you got another decade to play and get paid. There's still plenty of of money to be made. So I, I think they need to hold. I love Oliveros. I love Kyle Isabel. I want both of them to be long-term assets for this team. I don't think Soler is long for this team, period. Like Kitty said, I think Carlos Santana and Salvi split a lot of reps at DH next season and kind of moving forward. But I don't think right now that either one of their ceilings is as high as Jorge Soler. Yeah, we haven't seen much from it this year. And last year was also not good. But the years before that were very good. And I think that that is still somewhere down in there. And besides, you're, I mean, we're kind of at a standstill. The offense has been struggling and we're still at 500. So think if he ever does live up to that, the, to live up to that ceiling, even for, you know, a month, you know, he's carrying that offense for a month and they may be 10 games over 500 after that point. A um, lot to be said to kind of go into what's going to happen with Jorge Soler, but I'm buying cautiously. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Um, next player here, Hunter Dozier, very similar situation with him, not necessarily living up to what he's shown us in the past, but is he Ryan O'Hearn or is he, <laughs> you know, a, a long-term asset for this team and living out the extension that he just <laughs> did sign? I'm personally going to hold on buying stock in Hunter Dozier at this point. Um, was going to keep him in the lineup regardless. That's fine. Totally understand it. Uh, before going into this game, he is three for 16 with one home run, one double, two, two walks and five Ks. His average exit velocity is still on par with his best years. So like Brian said, he's still hitting the hard, hitting the ball really hard. His K percent's way up. His walk percent's way down. He's striking. He's swinging at a lot of pitches out of the zone. His, his percent that direction is still way up than what it usually is. Almost double uh, from what I've seen. That I may, may be getting mixed up there, <laughs> but it's still not as good. Um, so I need to see more before making any long-term commitments to either buy or sell Hunter Dozier at this point. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Kitty, where are you on Hunter Dozier stock? Yeah, I'm in the same hold scenario. I'm, I'm a little worried that 2019 was the aberration and mm-hmm. the other three years he's shown us so far, parts of, parts of those years might be the real Hunter Dozier and not feeling great about that. And I'm also not feeling great about you not being able to pull a long-time Royal that you could comp him to. <laughs> Me? I said uh, I, went, I had problems with that. I'm gonna go Joe Randa. Is that one? We can use Joe Randa. Wow. I feel like I, I want his ceiling to be higher than the Jokers. I love Joker, I, but I, I, I I'm not sure if we can put a whole lot of stock in him his ceiling being higher than the Joker. But maybe Gary Gaetti. Maybe hope it is. there you go, Gary Gaetti. <laughs> <laughs> so My yeah, guy. I'm hope I'm hoping hoping Dozer turns around, but I'm not real super pumped about trying to buy any of his stock even though it's 
as lowered as it is right now. Yeah, I think that's fair, Brian. Bye, bye, bye. He's my guy. <laughs> I still believe in Hunter. He's my guy. I told you that his last year, the option deal on his on his contract would be a no-brainer when that time comes, and I still stand by that. What he what he's showing you right now is not who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. He's gonna come back strong. By the end of the year, we'll be we'll be laughing at it, his horrible start to the season because he's gonna have he's gonna be right on par with what we think he should be. So I, okay. I think he's gonna have a big second half to this year, and I believe in Hunter Dozier. Interesting. Okay, I hope you're right. Uh, I wonder if you are. Um, moving on to the next player here, we mentioned earlier, Jake Brintz, um, kind of coming on the scene as a, a rookie relief pitcher, kind of a journeyman at was he 26? I think is what he. Yeah, is. I think that's right. Uh, currently a 219 ERA on the year and a 122 WHIP, uh, very solid lately. Like we said, Brian, where are you at on Jake Brintz? I think this is your classic sell, sell, sell. Mm. <laughs> if, you, if you're talking about stock prices here, yeah. I, I like the player. He, he's he's come up big. Uh, the bullpen has needed that his presence greatly because he's stepped up, especially here lately. Uh, he's got a 202 ERA plus. So, I mean, been, been great numbers-wise compared to everyone else, a 9.5 K, K per 9, 2.19 ERA. I mean, I like that whip. The problem is he's not been this good even in the minor leagues before <laughs> this. So, <laughs> I, I'm wondering if we crash back to earth at some point, but hopefully it's a case of him – actually figuring something out in his career and maybe making that next step. I hope that's the case. I mean, a lefty that can throw a hundred don't grow on trees often. So um, let's hope that it's a real thing, but I'm going to say his stock maybe never been higher. And so it would only be smart of me to sell at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair. Brian or uh, kitty, where are you at? Yeah. He just took all my, uh, all my thunder on that one. I'm selling <laughs> same, same situation with as BK there. Yeah. The, uh, the one that the 6.2 walks per nine is the one that's got the, uh, that red flag raised real high up that flagpole. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely, you can get away with that when no one's hitting the ball off you. So he's got that working for him with only 4.7 hits per nine, but you got to think they're going to start figuring him out a little bit. And if he's still that wild, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And with those, those those walk numbers, you really only feel comfortable having him pitch with a clean inning and nobody on base. Because if yeah, he comes in and walks a couple of guys, then you're screwed. Yeah. So you almost have to give him a clean inning against you know, when you know a two out of the three first hitters or lefties type of thing. So if we use him only in that kind of situation, that's fine. He would make me nervous as any sort of a fireman against lefties coming up if there were yeah. guys on base. Yep. Well, the uh, I'm actually going to buy as on this cautiously okay. again. Oh. I'm buying. Um, look at me, Mister Conservative. You Mr. suck at the stock market. <laughs> uh, it was coming out of the weekend that he's one of the most utilized pitchers, relief pitchers in the league as a rookie. Um, he's a top 25 pitcher, 24 in batters faced, and of those 25, only seven of them have a better ERA. Six of them have a better WHIP. And that is with a 6.2 walk per nine rate. Mm-hmm. So if he ever, I mean, we talked to like, if he, if he doesn't figure that out, then he's going to be in trouble. Well, he hasn't really figured it out and he's been fine. <laughs> is my only defense. <laughs> that. He's still walking 6.2 per nine and it doesn't matter. I think the biggest concern, the biggest red flag to me is he's giving up 90% of either medium or hard contact rate. So I think that along with the walks is a big red flag, but YOLO here, we're going to, we're going to start buying. <laughs> You're buying. 
within reason. <laughs> so you're saying he some... figured something out then? I don't know if he figured it out. He's just <laughs> he's just managing. He's working around those, and I feel like that's not nothing type of thing. But now that I said that, he's going to blow the hell up, and it's going to be all, all moot. Mike Matheny, please do not pitch him in the game tonight. Yes. Because he's in trouble now that Josh said that. Correct. Absolutely. Here. Um, speaking of in trouble, uh, next last player is Jake Junis. Mm-hmm. Uh, start of the year, putting up solid numbers out of the rotation and moved to the bullpen, kind of to a lot of people kind of caught him off guard and explicitly moved him to the bullpen at the beginning of the May, and he's had a rough May since then um i am going to sell every single jake junis stock i have ever come in contact with if i own the jake junis stock i'm selling it if i've ever touched it i'm acquiring it somehow and then just for the simple case of just getting it off out of out of my hands um, i could not be more out on jake junis at the moment out of may in may he's at a 523 era and a 2.04 whip every uh, coming into this everybody was like Oh, he's got a decent fastball with a great slider, and he's going to make a hell of a time out of the pin. Where's that at? Mm-hmm. Where's that? I agree that, that that is the profile of a good reliever. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? I, I just don't – I haven't seen it. I, I, I'm, I'm not a Jake Junis believer. I wasn't coming into the year, and this has done nothing to, uh, uh, to dispel that feeling. So I'm dumping every single share that I've ever thought about in Jake Junis, and uh, I hope the Royals do do. Um, Kitty, <laughs> you're up next. I'm gonna hold on my Jake Junis. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, the the I wrote down three four seven ERA in April, nine six four ERA in May. That's not, not very good May. Not a good May. I I just he's obviously not a reliever. It or at least it seems that way. He's maybe he just doesn't know what how to prepare to come out of the pen. Some guys there's is that issue. I feel like I've heard stories of guys that pitch a simulated inning out in the, out in the bullpen before they kind of re- we run through a, a, an order in their head Scenario. as they're warming up yeah. scenarios to get ready to come out of the pen. So maybe he needs to look into something like that possibly to, to be ready. But I feel like there's still some value on this team. If they're not ready to bring up any of the young guys to have a possible, another arm that can provide starts for you. If he throws a couple more stinkers up there throughout the rotation, it's he's he's pretty much written his ticket out. So yeah. this is really probably he's probably coming down to the end here for himself. He doesn't start putting together some better better outings. But I'm going to hold for now. Feel like he might be feeling that pressure, and maybe he needs to just relax a little bit and get get back to himself. Okay, right. All those stocks you sold, Josh, I'm buying them. Okay, <laughs> I'm buying the Jake Junis stock. I, I, I unlike what Kitty said, I think if he's shown anything, he is not made for this rotation, not on a good team. If you really want to compete, he's a below average starting pitcher, even as a fourth or a fifth starter. Our strength in this system right now is starting pitching. So he has got to get in the mindset, got to figure out how he's going to be successful in the bullpen, because that's the only place I want to see him from now on. And I do have faith have, having him out there with, with the way Davis is out there with the Greg Holland. Maybe he picks up on something. Maybe they can coach him up a little bit. May, hey, maybe try this out a little bit. I think he does need to get used to this bullpen role. But I say by, by the end of the year, Jake Junis is going to be high in the trust tree of this relief oh. pitch. I think he's going to be a guy we see come in in the seventh and eighth inning and say, hey, I feel good about this. I feel good about this. 
by the end of this year. <laughs> Trust right. tree occupied by Jacob Junis. All right. I like it. I like these are some bold proclamations here on yeah. June 1st. I love, uh-huh. I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> We're doing good. The, 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 the part about this is that we're all over the place uh-huh. and that is not <laughs> really to be by design. <laughs> yeah. That's not planned. Other podcasts are like, okay, how about you take this angle and I'll come at it from yep. this angle to be kind of a devil's advocate. We need a normal one to kind of hold the stock. Nope. We are naturally that uh, d- differentiated. Um, this is not a skip bail situation. This is not a, I'm not a Shannon Sharp. Come on, skip. <laughs> this is not the situation that we have developing here, which is both a good thing because uh, you know we're getting that effect on accident but also kind of a bad thing because we're idiots and that's you know that's kind of what you're getting when you listen to the claim Rivers podcast is, we uh, don't try to tell you otherwise we're yeah, dummies yeah. we're we're leaning into it we're giving we're just saying it louder we're just it's all that's all we're doing here bye 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 we did it yep. so the other good part about that is any any kind of affiliation with any kind of curse or anything it it, it only applies if it's the same one and i know i've taken a few shots already about things i've said in the past that uh that were vehemently wrong but i've also got some things right just a few mm. of them and 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 we'll have to see how this kind of ends up oh look jake prince is pitching thank super God. <laughs> oh, never mention that again here we go okay um well uh that's gonna we're gonna close out clearing the waivers uh, we're getting into shenanigans right after this Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. And we're back. Time for some DFA. Brian's got a question, a trivia question this uh, this week. But before we do that, you know we got to play that theme song, baby. I should have played a more upbeat one. I should have. I should have won a little <laughs> after a the intro. Maybe let's do this one. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I did get a question. Uh, it was like, do you guys have any like mellow songs? And I, naturally, I get all hype and then throw the throw the mellow one out there. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how we do here. Uh, DFA Brian's got a question with multiple answers. Uh, he's prepared for us here. We've got three options apiece before we are DFA between me and Katie. We got to get all the answers correct, otherwise Brian wins. Nobody wants that. Brian, take it away with your DFA question <laughs> for the week. All right, Josh, you've talked all night, so we're gonna have Kitty go first. You're going second. Um, today's SARS are so unique because of the combination of power and speed. And when you talk about guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Ronald Acuna, you're talking about guys that might be in the 30-30 club. And by that, I mean 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Mm -hmm. So I want to go look back at just the Royal system. And I wanted to say, okay, who's been in the 2020 club here recently? Well, it's not many. 
So I said, let's <laughs> let's pull that back a little bit. Oh no. Who who's are, in the five and five club? Who are the last five guys to be in the fifteen and fifteen club? Okay. Fifteen homers, fifteen stolen bases. I will say if you say somebody that qualifies but was older th- than the five, I'm not going to put a, uh, an option against you. We'll just move on to the next guess. Oh, do we? Does the same person give the next guess though? Yes, you'll have to give me a new name, but I won't. I won't hold it against you if you say a, a person that's past the latest five. So interesting. So with that being said, we'll start at Kitty. Oh wow! I mean, the first name that popped in my head might be probably is too far back but i'm gonna go beltron carlos beltron so he did it four times but he is not one of the last five okay it has been a long uh, time for a couple of these but not that kind long. of carlos beltron was 1999 2003 <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should uh, update my royals rolodex i look when i look at old players he yep. was one of the few guys the that are years. actually in the 2020 qualifier <laughs> yeah <laughs> many many guy. of these other guys are just above 15 in one of the two categories yeah so all i'm right. not gonna I'll hold it right. so let's go new i'll name. switch up to lorenzo kane lorenzo kane's a two-timer 2015 2017 did it uh i'm gonna go with uh alberto mondesi then he just missed this cut Oh, that makes oh, sense. Oh, wow. He, uh, he's gotten stolen bases easily a couple times, and I think the year that he would have done it, he only got 14 home runs or something like mm. that. So he was kind of a stinky cheese that Josh just ate right up. Yep, I just I couldn't help myself. I mean, that's, that is some stinky cheese. That's kind of <laughs> – uh-huh. that's the cheese I would have taken the next uh, – if the, you hadn't picked him, I was going him definitely on the next, uh, next go-around. Kitty, well, back to you. Let's go with a uh, former, I believe, rookie of the year, es- Alcides Escobar. Escobar, not on this list. Damn. What about he never got the home runs, right? I don't think so. I don't think he ever hit 15. I feel like runs. he got close to it by me. I'm just way off on him. Um, Josh? I think the big one has got to be Whit Merrifield's got to be in there. Correct. Whit that did 2017 and 2019. Well done. Back to Kitty. Let's see. Just trying to, I mean, this team's got a lot of speed guys too that have been probably the get the stolen base side and fall. And we have basically established a baseline of this. These people have to be after (laughs) Carlos Beltran. Yes, that's also true. (laughs) So it it may have been a while ago, but it wasn't like super long ago. Right. Oh man, my brain is doesn't work anymore. It's a real problem. Trying to think here. Who stole some bases? <laughs> this is so bad. Oh, I can't think of anybody. People are screaming something. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Apparently. People really want me to uh, not be on these trivia contests anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just stare. I just stare in the distance and think of no names. It's pretty impressive, really. Give me a name. Yeah, I got to get something out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Abanez, strike two. Yeah, that's an option. <laughs> I don't have Abanez on here on this yeah, list. I, I was just picking actual Royal. That's the best I can do right there. 
I can tell you, I took my research list all the way back to 1991. So if Abanez would have done it, I would have had it on here. But <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh my God. I think we got him when he was not stealing many bases. Yeah, I don't think he probably stole 15 in his whole runner's career. Yeah, that's probably true. But you gave me a name. Josh, what you got? That's all uh, I wanted to do. I can't imagine. I can't remember the years for sure. But since I can't miss, I can just foul it off. Say Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon did do it twice, but it was prior to even Beltron. 1998 and 2000, he did it twice. So I will not hold that against you. But you got to give me another name. Um, The next one I thought about was old David DeJesus. I like that guess, but he did not do it. Hmm. Didn't get to 15 in both categories. So now you're both the two options used. So I will tell you that the three remaining names all came from the 2011 season. Whoa. Ten years ago. Okay, so that name's got... All three guys in the same season. Yep. This team was making things happen. (laughs) I mean, Ned Yost would have loved this team. Oh, man. Just light power, light speed. Mm -hmm. I guess more back then it was more mid-speed because no one was stealing bases that time. Correct. Oh, man, this is <laughs> oh, no way I'm going to get a name. I I can't pull anything right now. And season, the actual year it happened isn't really doing me a whole lot of favors. One of them was the last guy to do a 2020 club. I've got a couple answers here. It's going to be. I'm not getting anything, so I'll just All right. me out. Don't keep going. Don't need to keep. That's three options used. We'll go to Josh. By the and way, Jake Brent's clean inning. You can play along here with Kitty if you'd like. Kick some names off him if you want. So. All right, Kitty. That's ducking. <clears throat> I, got, I got Gordo. I got the Milkman. Okay. And I know Hosmer made his debut in 2011 i believe but i don't think he was probably around long enough and he may not have had the stolen bases either right do you like any of those answers i should probably tell you the one you like so you can pick away from it (laughs) i feel like gordo is is the best one gordo is here he he hit it in 2011 23 homers 17 stolen bases okay okay that was a good year for him and Milkman had two pretty good resurgent years with the Royals, and I feel like yeah, he did. the first one. I mean, he had 200 hits for the world, over 200 hits, so maybe ran into 15 home runs there. They were so bad in 2011, right? They were so bad. Um, you can pretty much substitute several years for that comment. <laughs> I don't think that was that was Scott Podsednik year was not that year. I'm going to go Melky Cabrera. Melky Cabrera is on this list. 2011, he had 18 homers and 20 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Sexy. Who the One hell more name. Played in 2011 on this team. That team was 71 and 91. Yeah. And Ned Yost was actually managing this team, so I guess maybe he didn't love yeah, it so much. He did love it, yeah. Uh, he probably still loved him. it. <laughs> Second base was <laughs> second was base on that team. Yeah, that's right. 
<clears throat> in 2011, no he, he was Getz, and there's no there's way, no he, way he ran in 15 home runs. It wasn't Esky, Moose, <laughs> not we. I mean, Hosmer might be the best guess at this point. Yeah, might be. He I went way more. Osmer is a good guess. He had 19 homers and 11 stolen bases that Ooh, year. Didn't yeah, quite make the cut. So, the final homers is a lot. The final man on the list, the only person in the last 20 years that have got the 2020 club, Jeff Francoeur. Oh no, Frenchy. 20 home runs and 22 oh. stolen bases for Jeff Francoeur <laughs> at the age of 27. Oh, wow. beautiful. Entering his prime. That's right. <clears throat> Yeah, he probably hit two ten that year. Man, and that was that was the big that was the big uh, home run swing for you as you're making this question making this question. Oh yeah, I had I had faith that neither one of you were gonna get Jeff Rancor. I mean, I was just thinking about him <laughs> the other day too. That's that's real unfortunate. On Hell wrote it in two thousand three with seventeen homers and twenty one home stolen bases. But the one I really didn't expect to see outside of Jeff Rancor, Mark Tian, back in nineteen ninety one. And I totally wiped it from my memory that he played on the Royals. Pendleton. 34-year-old Kirk Gibson. Oh, yeah. Hit Ooh. 16 homers and 18 stolen bases. 18 stolen wow. bases. At the age of 34. I never would have thought him as an 18 wow. stolen base guy at 13. Kirk Gibson. I want to know that, that was like crazy. one bad series against a really bad catcher. And he got an 18, like he got at least 16 <laughs> of them. Just one. Someone he he knew the three pitchers really well, and then the catcher was trash, so he's just breaking off stolen bases. Right. Just and I also nuts. didn't realize he went on to play like three more years with Detroit. He played till like he was thirty eight yeah. years old or something. I did know that. But I yeah, thought he was that, old when he was season. playing on the Dodgers thing because he was <laughs> limping around the bases, but nope. He was. How could that guy? How was that guy stealing that many bases? <laughs> he had the old man mustache. So yes. it's like that guy could be twenty two or he could be forty seven. Made no sense he could play eight more years after that. Yep. Well, that was a good question. I, uh, I, I am glad that I got four out of, well, I guess I got three out of five and I'm still holding yep. to the Mondesi. I don't understand why, uh, why that hasn't been, been games played has been a problem. <laughs> good point. In a year. Salvi Salvador Perez dong nine, five. Nice. Here we go. Uh, we got to keep trade cut to kind of close out the show this week. Uh, let's go with a, let's go with another somber one. Keep trade or cut. The uh, the fun part about the keep trade cuts is how ridiculous they are, um, and they seem to only get more and more ridiculous. And I kind of grabbed this kind of the last minute from my brain. Um, we're gonna keep trade cut pets that are mostly obedient to you. That might be a key to some of the the decisions here, uh, but we've got three animals here that are gonna be your pets, maybe your best friend, depending on how uh, how things go for you. But uh, we got a spider monkey. We've got a falcon, and we've got an octopus. We're going to keep trade and cut one of these. Brian, you were the big winner of DFA, so you're going to go first. What's your keep trade cut? Well, first, I'm just going to cut the octopus. I just don't see the payoff in it. You, you can't really play with an octopus because it needs to be in the ocean, or you need a giant-ass aquarium in your house. And even then, am I going to want to go swimming with this sometimes disobedient octopus? That sounds like a disaster. <laughs> So I'm just going to say bye-bye, octopus. And uh, I'm going to trade the falcon because mm -hmm. fal a falcon would be cool. It'd be cool to have a bird that you had trained kind of uh, to play with. So I think it's got some value, but I, I don't want the 
the 5% of the time that it's not listening to me and who knows what a Falcon's going to mess up. So I'm going <laughs> to trade that Falcon away for a nice cuddly koala bear. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I need to bring on a pet that in the in the 5% that is disobedient, it's not going to kill me or somebody else. So a koala bear, even if they get feisty, it's like 15 pounds. So you can just throw it against the wall if you if it's <laughs> trying to real? come at you. Is that real? I think they're like 15 to 30 pounds. Probably. I think they're a little bigger, bigger than, that. than that. Okay, nope, keep going. They're 15 to 30 pounds. I, I know it for a fact. <laughs> so, <laughs> 30 pounds. I mean, can you imagine showing up to the grocery store and you got a koala like on your shoulder? And people, it's pretty cool. I mean, people would think that's the coolest thing in the world. I mean, they're 24 to 33 inches and weighs on average 9 to 33 pounds. You nailed it. Bang. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like Give me that koala bear. They're like if, a little kitty cat. If he wants to act up, I can still manhandle him and, and <laughs> you know, get him back in line. Get a little rough with him. It couldn't do that if I traded for a tiger. So that's why I stayed away from the tigers, the big cats. And, of I mean, course, I'm going to I'm gonna keep the spider monkey because mm-hmm. that's always been a dream of mine to have a pet monkey. And <laughs> those, if they get unruly, could, be, could, could wreck some shit. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they probably wouldn't kill somebody. So I can I can deal with maybe them biting a kid or something, but they're probably not going to kill someone. What was so that I, movie? Monkey believe... Paws. <laughs> I what's don't that, know. What's that movie, Kitty? I know. Dunst, Dunstan shines. checks in. Dunstan nope. checks in. Monkey shines. <laughs> I believe is the, monkey is shines. the one that uh, Josh is looking for. Uh huh. So that spider monkey was aggressive. He was up <laughs> we'll to no that. good. So I could potentially be walking around with a spider monkey on my left shoulder and a koala bear on my right, and that sounds sure. like a pretty good day. I think the only thing I worry about is some of those koala bears have chlamydia. Just they have what? Chlamydia. They have uh, chlamydia. You got to uh, just make sure you find one without it, and then make sure you keep that one. Well, I don't plan on having sex with it. So or I think just not have sex with it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a part of it. You know, I've, there's been a lot of uh, talk about diseases passing from animals to humans of late for some reason. Huh, so maybe not, What's might on? not be, that might not be the way it passes from those animals. Uh, so just like, don't kiss it. Yeah, no making out. They'll probably got to keep you not away from scratching. Kind of keep lips. scratching you, probably. I'm going to kiss that koala bear right on the lips. All right, that's your care. risk. As long as they don't use a toilet seat that's dirty with it. I mean, we'll be fine. It's not a potty <laughs> chain. Hopefully he's mostly obedient that day. Yeah, that's true. true. That's a good point. Uh, I'm going pretty much locksteps, also cutting the octopus. I think it's underrated. I think it would be low-key party trick central because mm-hmm. they got a lot of things that they can do. Um, so I think uh, I think there is more value there, but I am also going to cut it. I think a lot of dummies are going to want to trade for that Falcon as well. Where are you going to keep that damn thing? Those wingspan is so damn big. And like Brian said, God knows what it's going to do when it's unruly for that 5% of the time. so It's uh, definitely going to kill the neighbor's cat. 100%. And you're going to have to answer for that. Yep. And what, what can a falcon do that I can't do with technology faster? Or do with a crow. Or a crow. Or a raven. Crows yeah. are super smart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can. Just train can, a crow. I'll train a crow. Is it, we're going to prove a point here. I'm going to train yep. a crow. We're going to do this. So I'm also keeping that spider monkey um extra versatile on land so utilization is is definitely more so and then i'm gonna have a potentially a best friend out of it um i'm gonna trade the falcon for another spider monkey because what's better oh. than spider monkey <laughs> two spider monkeys <laughs> you're gonna walk uh, in with a spider monkey and koala bears i got two spider monkeys doing my bidding in a tag team tournament 
or triple threat. The jealous, the jealousy in that household is going to be off the charts. Yep. And plus, I mean, one gets out of hand one time. Very rarely are they going to be synced up and be unruly at the same time. So you oh, that's an awesome hurt. wrestling match that just goes nuts like every once in a while. One of them's bound to be a problem child. That's fine. They're still unruly only some of the time. <laughs> I feel that's, like that's the stipulations here. It's, one of those spider monkeys is going to turn into mojo from the simpsons and then you're just going to ruin it with too many donuts that's been stealing from the local <laughs> donut shop for you, whatever else whatever other bidding you have this thing do that's more more than likely nefarious act <laughs> the bidding mm-hmm. or spider monkey bidding like yes that. kitty what's your key trick got to close the us this week i'm also cutting the octopus i think if live near the the ocean I'd probably keep it. Yeah. Because seems like they're pretty damn smart based on, mm-hmm. you know, recent events and movies that have come out and other things. Pretty quiet. They are a very quiet animal. <laughs> uh, I mean, so this, it seems like a, it's a low key cool thing to be a pet with, but again, it's also in water all the time. So that really hurts its value to me. Maybe being the in the Midwest. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> Landlocked. <laughs> yeah. So with our landlocked ways, I'm keeping that falcon. Oh, so there I'm, we go. I'm risking it. I'm risking that five percent disobedient rate, and I'm hoping it's only going to kill the squirrels and other. Not hopefully not killing any small dogs or cats in the neighborhood, <laughs> and just going after other tree animals. But man, I just think having that leather strap on my arm and commanding my falcon to do some things would be pretty damn cool uh go go rustle me up something over there just uh-huh. have it take off and just, uh, just be majestic and be awesome i hope you like a lot of small prey or fish because he's coming yeah, i'm gonna have to it. i'm gonna have to really uh start take some lessons from some uh country folks cooking when they're cooking squirrels and yeah. chipmunks and the like just to figure yeah. out what's the best way to prepare small vermin <laughs> keep, my, keep myself healthy He's got I don't know how they are about sharing house. their food. Well, they're obedient, Brian. You well, mostly I mean, it's, squirrels for me. It's, catch, one, it's, it's catching one. a it's catching multiple items out there. Ah, Josh, I've got a dog that's mostly obedient, and you think I'm trying to reach in and get 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 the dog's food? That ain't going to end well for my hand. You do uh, that dog needs to obey you a little bit more? Why are you no. letting that dog alpha you all over the place? I mean. Once I start cooking meals for this falcon and it tastes <laughs> cooked meat instead of raw meat, I think we're going to get a great bond going. Yeah, I think that's it, You got a system established. They bring all the salt fish. into that falcon's diet. It's game over. Exactly. That's not going to be pumped. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm trading the spider monkey because obviously spider monkey is cool. Cool yeah. as hell. Big time trade. But I'm going to go. I'm taking a big cat and I'm taking a cheetah. Oh, I mean, that thing sleeps 23 hours a day, so it can be disobedient while it's sleeping and I'll be good to go. <laughs> That's quite a dice you're rolling right there. Yeah, oh, I'm rolling that dice on that cheetah. <laughs> that is full bore for about 20 minutes and the rest of the day it is wiped out. Yeah. So I'm hoping I can <laughs> escape some, uh, some deadly situations with that cheetah, but just taking a cheetah to the dog park. <laughs> that just seems like a good time that would be oh a sight to behold so you're taking the two fastest animals on earth peregrine falcon and a cheetah here we go I, I'm, I'm here for speed 
speed yep. and domination from this from mother nature for me and that dog part is just bloodshed yeah oh, i'm just oh, I, i've got close. i've got the uh the cheetah it's leashed up and i'm just showing oh. everybody off hey let's leave me alone this is more of a uh power move. walk of power move exactly where uh, you know, i'm in the neighborhood now and i've got this cheetah yep. you better act start acting right around me they don't even know I have the falcon at home. They have no idea about the falcon sitting there too. It's up in the tree watching. Exactly. It's is that a cat's eye on me, ready to go. That falcon's been around a while. That belonged to chap to cheetah man. I feel like they have sweet screeches too, so you know when the screech is coming, you're in trouble. Yeah, that'll be good. That will be good. That's true. Uh, good points. Very well done on the uh, key trade cut this week. So uh, thanks for bringing the great, great points and such a stupid argument. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but that's going to do it for the Cleveland podcast this week. Uh, we do appreciate each and one, every one of you stopping by and joining us for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do go and leave us a five-star review, uh, it really helps us out as they all say. Uh, you can also become a subscriber on the YouTube channel. That way you get uh, the updates on whenever there's a new episode. Uh, go check out the great work over at Royals Review. Uh, we've got your, outside of us, probably the second best. Maybe it's like a 1A, 1B situation as far as Royals coverage goes. Because uh, they ain't talking about Peregrine Falcons on the Royals <laughs> Review. Unless I'm writing an article. And then then maybe. Mm -hmm. No holds barred on that front. But, <laughs> Uh, but no, go check out the Royals Review website. Uh, great work over there. Go uh, speaking of great work, Royals Farm Report uh, keeps you in tune with the uh, farm system of the Royals. Great work over there. Shout out to them as well. Uh, for that, after that, uh, we appreciate you one more time. Thanks for joining us. Tata for now.